like that. You want to try that. Uh, hello, like everybody, and welcome to a relatively upsetting edition of the Logan Blackman Show. Before we get into today's episode, let's make sure to go over the housekeeping items first. Make sure you go over and follow the Logan Blackman Show on every single form of social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and of course, well, I forgot about YouTube, YouTube, and then of course, <laughs> Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Twitter, you can find me at Logan underscore Blackman. Instagram, the account is Blackman Logan with the show's Instagram account being the Logan Blackman Show 1. And then the YouTube and Facebook accounts to search Logan Blackman Show. Make sure you follow, like, subscribe, whatever. But again, the most important thing you can do is follow Logan Blackman Show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Make sure you're subscribed. To, if you're listening to the show right now, just make sure. Just make sure. And if you're not, make sure you're subscribed. Just make sure you're subscribed. And then while you're doing that as well, might as well leave a rating out of five stars. Depending on if you felt it was good or bad, could be about one episode, could about the, be about the entire thing. Just leave a rating and leave a description down below and why you feel the way you do. Now, I am upset. I was in a relatively good mood post-Saturday, and then coming into Sunday, like Sunday afternoon, or around around um, around noon, I was, I was feeling good. I was feeling good. And uh, then about 3 o'clock hit, and I was feeling a completely different sense than I had felt previously. And that is because if you follow the NFL or just follow sports in general, you would know that the Buffalo Bills lost, is how we're going to say that, lost to the New York Jets 20-17 to on Sunday in New Jersey at MetLife Stadium. And this game was just bad. Like, remember when we talked about the Dolphins game? We talked about post-Dolphins game. We sat there and we're like, man, Bills were without a lot of starters. But there's a lot of other things that were going against. The Bills without a lot of starters today as well. You would say four of their top five defensive players were out in this game. You had, you know, Von Miller was in, but Trey White didn't dress in this game, which I'm not too surprised about. We talked about that all week last week, that we didn't really think he'd dress and he did. He played a limited role. He didn't dress. Jordan Poyer didn't dress. Matt Milano didn't dress. And Micah Hyde's obviously been out for a while since the Titans game. But I'm not even at that point with this game to where I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the reason we lost. No, no, they, they just played like absolute shite today. There's no real other way to, to sugarcoat it. The Bills just played like absolute dog crap. And this is a team that everybody, including Bills fans, and that's how usually most fans are, are expecting a lot of things from them. This is a team that is widely considered to be the best team in the NFL. And if you're doing that, if you're making these claims that they're the best team in the NFL... You cannot go out under any circumstance. I don't care how good they are, the Jets. I don't care how good the Jets are. Never care. You, If you are considered one of the best teams in the league, you cannot lose to the New York Jets. I don't care. I really don't care. Because when you look at the Jets roster, and you look at what the Jets are as a team, and you look at the Dolphins, when you compare the two losses, the Dolphins got players that scare you. Like, last week, we saw Zach Wilson throw three interceptions against the New England Patriots. Zach Wilson looked great today. Zach Wilson played like the quarterback we thought he was going to be when he got drafted second overall by the Jets in 2021. He had a great game today. I don't know what his exact stats were. I'm going to try and pull those up real quick because he played well. He had a very solid game. Yeah, 18 of 25, 154 and a touchdown. 
Also had a couple big runs towards the end of the game. But, good God, yeah, that's it. You cannot lose to the Jets. You can't. If Brees Hall was playing, I'd understand that. Because Brees Hall was scary. There's not really any scary players on this team. I respect Garrett Wilson. Dude was a top 10 pick. I really like Garrett Wilson, but he's a rookie. And with how the Bills secondary has played this year, regardless of injuries, has played particularly well. And Zach Wilson is not in the finest form of his career because before today, Zach Wilson, or no, even in, no, before today, Zach Wilson had three touchdowns in five interceptions. Five. Throwing two against the Steelers in his first game he played this season, and then three against the New England Patriots. Neither one of those teams, well, the Patriots are kind of all right, but the Steelers' secondary is not good. They're not, their defense kind of stinks in general. Like, Zach Wilson completed 48% of his passes last week. Zach Wilson completed, is this a career-high completion percentage for Zach Wilson, 72%? It is. It is. And this is the supposed number one defense in the entire NFL. He completed 72% of his passes against them. And it wasn't just passes that were like checkdowns. He did throw some checkdowns throughout the course of the game, but he made some good throws throughout the game as well. Players came up with massive catches. They got killed by Denzel Mims towards the end of the game. Denzel Mims was in a healthy scratch the past six games, is what they said on the broadcast. Made a massive catch as the game went on. Had one catch in the game, but that 12-yard catch was big. You don't have Brees Hall in the game. But you just let everybody else. They had 174 yards rushing in this game on 34 carries. The last drive the Jets had offensively before, you know, the kneel downs and stuff like that. The last drive the Jets had offensively, they started their own like three or four or five yard line. Marched right down the field with some massive runs. I don't remember who, I think it was Michael Carter that got the big runs. Like this was just a game where the Bills played like absolute shite. And they, they, I'm not really surprised to be 100% honest with you because it was kind of coming. You look at it towards the end of the latter stage of the Packers game. They didn't play good. Like, early on in the game, the Bills were up 24-7, I think, against the Packers. And then they won the game, I think, 27-17. I think that was the final score. They played, like, absolute dog water that second half against the Packers. And then they just carried that momentum, that negative momentum, if you want to call it momentum, into this game against the Jets. And the Jets are no slouches this year, which is weird to say. They're 6-3. and three. They're three games better than the Packers. But, it, again, it's the freaking Jets. What's the old saying, Goal? It's the goddamn Jets. Same old Jets. I don't care if they're 6-3. and three. If you're considered one of the best teams in the entire NFL, or not one of the, if you're considered the best team in the entire NFL, you cannot lose the Jets under any circumstances. Again, you cannot do that under any circumstance whatsoever. If you are an MVP candidate and the supposed favorite to win the MVP, you cannot throw four... I'm including the Packers game for horror show interceptions in six straight quarters. You cannot do that. And when I'm saying horror show, like Josh Allen has thrown interceptions in the past. MVPs have thrown interceptions in the past. It happens. I have, it's so rare to me to see these interceptions. That are, if these were bullets, I'll just put it like this. If they were bullets, they are going through the defender's chest. He's soft tossing the ball to the corners. Like, his interception on the first drive of the game made no sense. The Jets slipped on the kickoff, had a bomb down the, the far sideline, Stephon Diggs, burnt Sauce Gardner. Next play, 
Josh throws an interception right into the chest of the defender. I think it was Whitehead that got the interception. Actually, I, could, I guess I could check. Who got the interception? Is he even going to tell me on ESPN? Oh, yeah, it was Whitehead. It was Whitehead. And then later on in the game, at least I had somewhat of an idea what Josh was looking at the first time. Second time, no idea. Absolutely no clue what he was looking at. Threw it right into the chest of Sauce Gardner again. Now, Josh Allen did have two rushing touchdowns in the game. Did have 86 yards rushing in total and a long of 36, which was a beautiful audible by Josh. But good God. If I'm sitting here right now and I'm being 100% honest with myself, I can't sit here and say, like last week, I was so calm. I was like, man, despite those two interceptions late in the game against the Packers or in the second half against the Packers, there were brutal interceptions, especially the second one to Jair Alexander. Josh Allen was still the runaway MVP candidate. I wasn't going to say he was unanimous or anything, but he was the MVP candidate. As I sit here now on November 6th, I don't know if I can say that as confidently. Actually, I don't think. I know I cannot say that as confidently. Because you cannot throw interceptions like that against the Jets and then a bad Packers team. I know Jair Alexander's a good player, but good God, he's, he didn't even need to try for him. I guess Jair did, did die for it, so I guess there was something there. But the ones against the Jets, they didn't need to do anything. They could have had their eyes closed and just had felt the ball hit their chest and caught it. It was not even a fastball. It was just a nice little lob to the defender. And I still think Josh Allen is the MVP right now, but good God, he can't be having games like this against a team like that, though they're on the up. The Jets are clearly on the up. The Jets have done some very nice things this offseason. They got some. They drafted extremely well. They've played well this season. But God damn. That's the best way I can put it. And I, we were at the, my dad and I were at the keg stand today. My mom came for a little bit, which was weird, but maybe that was some bad mojo there. But we were at the keg stand, and after the game, there was a non-called pass interference at the end of the game, and people are freaking out. One guy was freaking out, and I'll, this is so odd to me. It said it was rigged. It said it was rigged that the Bills lost that game to the Jets. Why would the Bills, everybody's favorite team, be rigged against the Jets. Now, do I think there was BS on the holding call that got called on Dawson Knox when Diggs made a beautiful catch on the sideline? Yes, I think that's BS. But even on the PI, do I think it was PI? Yeah. But the ball hit Gabe Davis right in the face. So it wasn't like it was an uncatchable ball. And directly in the face. Josh Allen got his got strip sacked on the play before, hurt his elbow, and then goes out to throw the longest pass attempt of the season, 69.3 yards. And I'm, not, I'm mad enough not even doing LOL after that. That's how mad I am after this game. But it hit him in the face. And Gabe Davis, as of late, has been dropping balls left, right, and center. So before the season started, everybody was linking the Bills to Odell. Von Miller was saying everything about Odell. And Odell is going to be cleared next week. He should be able to play next week. Or not play, but he's going to be cleared. I looked at Odell, and I saw someone tweet this just a little bit ago, right before I started this. I saw Odell, the addition of Odell, as a luxury pick. I was sitting there, I was like, man... Odell Beckham to the Bills? That'd be great. Do they need him? No, not necessarily. But it's if you can get an Odell Beckham, just say, like, God forbid an injury happens. Oh, you get Odell Beckham? Oh, that's, that's great business. Now I'm sitting here on November 6th after the Jets game, and I'm going, they need Odell Beckham. Not as a slot option. No, 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 no. They need him as a number two wide receiver right now. And I like I love Gabe Davis. I love Gabe Davis. But you cannot be the Bills' number two option, and they're looking to you so little because you keep dropping the ball. 
Isaiah McKenzie, love Isaiah McKenzie. He's not really a reliable third option. Drops the ball too much. Like, you look at what the Bills do on offense, 99, they use Diggs more this year than what it felt like they've ever have so far in Diggs' tenure in Buffalo. They don't trust anybody. They need an option that's actually a reliable source outside of Stephon Diggs. Sure, Gabe Davis could catch a wide-open vert play, but good God. Defender within two inches of him, oh, it's going to go through his hands. So you got to hit him in the chest, otherwise he's going to drop it. At least that's what it's been like, and I don't like saying that because I love Gabe. Again, I love Gabe Davis, but that's how it's been the past couple games. So Odell Beckham went from this awesome luxury piece that a team that had everything, oh, you managed to get Odell Beckham, oh my God, that's amazing. Now you need him. You need him. I don't care if he's coming off a torn ACL. I don't care if he hasn't played football in a while. He would instantly be the best, not the best, but the second best receiver on the Bills without even playing. Just signing, he'd be the next second best receiver on the Bills behind Stephon Diggs. Because I think all of us can agree at this point, if he didn't tear his ACL in the Super Bowl, he was winning Super Bowl MVP. I think we can all agree on that at this point. At least I hope we can agree on that. Dude was awesome in the Super Bowl before he tore his ACL. I saw some today about the Cowboys being linked with him. Everybody's going to be linked to Odell Beckham Jr. I see Von Miller tweet about it every single day or post something on Instagram or he goes on Pat McAfee, says something about Odell Beckham. I see it every day. But the Bills and Odell, Bills and Odell, Bills and Odell. If they don't manage to get that done, I'm a little nervous going to the rest of the year. And I, this is a far cry, and I know it's one game. I know it's just one game. But I cannot stress this enough. You are the Buffalo Bills who are widely considered at least a top two team in the NFL. Because I know there's people out there that have the Eagles the highest. They're the only undefeated team in the league. They have a two-game lead on every single team in the NFL right now. I, wait, do the Giants, are the Giants still have one? Do they only have one loss? Yeah, because the Giants, no, the Giants lost to the Seahawks last week. So they have two losses. Because they lost to the Cowboys, I think, and then the Seahawks. So the, the, the Eagles have a two-game lead on every single team in the NFL right now. Has the Eagles schedule been extremely easy? Yes. But again, they're blowing out teams. It's not like they're struggling with these teams. Like, until the Bills lost today, the Bills were blowing out all the teams they were playing. That they needed to blow out, they were blowing out. And then you lose to the Jets. You lose to the Dolphins. You are currently 0-2 in the division right now. Still, though, have the division lead because you have less losses than everybody else in the division. of have an overall record. Really kicking me in the ass right now because I had no fear of this division at the start of the season. You're 0-2 against them. In two extremely winnable games. Dolphins won, I cut them a little bit more slack. A little bit. Dead tired, everybody hurt. Start of the season, getting blasted on the sideline with a 120-degree hit where the Dolphins are sitting at 70. That's a little, I have, I have a little more sympathy for that game. I have no sympathy for this one, despite all the injuries. And Matt Milano being out is massive. Matt Milano's been one of the best linebackers in the NFL this year. He's finally getting his flowers that he's needed over the past however many years. They need Matt Milano in there. They need Jordan Poirier in because Jaquan Johnson stinks. He had a terrible ass game today. Like, it's just, they need Spencer Brown back. Questenberry's not the long-term answer at right tackle. We knew that. He was a backup to Spencer Brown. Spencer's coming off an ankle injury that he got against the Chiefs. And the Bills played safe. And I, I don't blame them for playing it safe. The Jets' turf's notoriously the worst turf in the entire NFL. But it's a little different than the Steelers game where they rested people because they're playing the Steelers. Jets have played better this year. I understand it's the Jets. And I said that. I've said that about three or four or five or six, seven, eight hundred times. You can't lose to the Jets. 
I think the Bills ex expected to beat the Jets. And didn't. They had moments. Tyler Bass missed a field goal right before halftime. Josh Allen threw an interception in the red zone. Like, it, they had their chances again. Like they did against the Dolphins. They had chances to win this game, and they didn't. And Josh Allen, after the game, was like, it's hard to win games when your quarterback plays like shit. And I respect the hell out of Josh for coming out and just saying that. It's true. Josh played like absolute shit today. But I think we know, just from watching Josh Allen as long as we have, that Josh will bounce back from this game. Hopefully this is not a long stretch of things that are going to occur when he has six bad quarters in a row. Like, I saw people on Twitter say this was his worst game since the Falcons game last year, which was probably his worst game of his career. Probably that and the Patriots game right through three picks. Josh did not play good at all in this game. Josh did not play good at all. Like, it just gave, I saw people on Twitter saying it was the flashback of the Jaguars game. Well, the Bills lost the Jaguars 6-9. And again, I'm not gonna make an I'm not gonna make an LOL after that because I'm just not I'm not in the mood for that. <sighs> it's frustrating. It's just frustrating. It it's their play calling's becoming very, very weird recently. I understand not using Naheem Hines a lot, but to use him one time on offense, he returned punts, which is what was expected, but he can do other things for your offense. I like that they're using James Cook more. He's easily the most gifted running back the team has, but they need to start implementing him in the offense more. Get his confidence gained up. But they need that other option outside Diggs. They need Odell Beckham Jr. And I'm not, again, it's not a luxury piece anymore. It is a need piece. They need Odell Beckham Jr. Which is a good thing to say. Which is a good thing to say. <laughs> Odell Beckham Jr. is very, very good. Very good player. One of the most uh, talented players the NFL has ever produced, really. I'm saying talented. I'm not saying he's one of the best players ever, but he's one of the most talented players ever by a country mile. And the Bills had the chance to draft him in 2014. 2014. Because that's when they traded up to draft Sammy Watkins. And that was the, the Jadavian Clowney draft. And the Bills traded up with, I don't remember who they traded up with, but they traded up to jump the Raiders and they took Sammy. And uh, the Raiders took Cleo Mack, a Buffalo product. Who would have been nice to see in Buffalo, but uh, stay in Buffalo anyways. But they, yeah, it was like Sammy Watkins went first, and it was Mike Evans, and Odell Beckham went, I think, 13th. I know Mike Evans, I think, went 8th. I think there was a couple other good receivers in there. Sammy Watkins was a beast in college, so at the time it didn't really seem like an issue, but he's just had a shit ton of injuries. And then, uh, yeah, he has like one good game a year, followed up with a bunch of injuries shortly after that, usually lower body injuries as well. But this game was just a shit show absolute shit show no defending it at all i'm not even going to attempt to make excuses for it god not even the crisp cool taste of easy eddie's going to make me feel better about that but it's just it, it's a tough tough game it's a tough game and i i'm well aware i'm well aware that this is the nfl this is the top level professional football in the world i know anybody can beat anybody at any given sunday but gosh darn it, you cannot lose the Jets. You beat them by a combined score of 70-something to 20-something last year. And you lose them the first time you play them this year. It's the first time both teams have had winning records. I saw this today. First time both teams have had winning records in this game since 2011 when Ryan Fitzpatrick was the starting quarterback. I haven't seen anything. I don't remember who the Jets starting quarterback was. Well, it feels like, who would have been that? Geno was drafted in 2013, so 20. 11 
would have been let's take a let's take some wild shots here. Then we'll look it up shortly. Give myself about thirty seconds to try and figure out who to who the quarterback would have been. Um Sanchez? Would it have been Sanchez? Twenty eleven? Who was after Sanchez? Because they had a quarterback right after Marky Mark, and it was like they got I, Sanchez, my best guess. Because they went to the AFC Championship game in, I think, 10. So I would guess Sanchez, right? Okay, here we go. It was Sanchez. It was Sanchez. Mark Sanchez. We have the 5-3 and three Bills versus the 5-3 and three Jets, and the Jets won that game too. Fitz had a similar stat line to what Josh Allen did, at least passing the ball. 15-31, and 191, one touchdown with two picks. Pretty similar. Bills had Fred Jackson at running back, 82 yards. CJ Spiller had a whopping five yards rushing. Stevie Johnson, 84 yards receiving. Similar-ish to that time, too. The Bills had no real options outside of Stevie Johnson. Jets had Sean Green and LaDainian Tomlinson. Then had Plexco Burris, Dustin Keller, Santonio Holmes. Oh, yeah. Fun times. Fun times, fun times, fun times, fun times, fun times. Ugh, that's all I'm going to try and talk about that game. I don't I don't really want to talk about that game. The game just sucked. This is not fun. It's not fun. Like, next Sunday, if the Bills won this game and played well, if the Bills and Vikings both played well in these games, they would have flexed Sunday Night Football next week. They would have flexed the Bills-Vikings game to Sunday Night Football. Guaranteed. But since the Vikings struggled against the Commanders, and the Bills lost to the Jets, and the Chargers won, granted they only won by three points against the Falcons, there's no reason to flex it. You got Chris McCaffrey versus the Chargers. I think they're going to keep that now, especially with the Bills losing the Jets. I, I find it, I know the record-wise, way better to go with the Bills and Vikings game. But I, if it happens, that'd be super cool, but I highly doubt it'll be, I highly doubt it'll be happening. I really doubt it because it just sucks. It, it, it just sucks. Absolutely sucks to lose to the freaking Jets. 0-2 in the division. 0-2. It was the Jets and Dolphins, both by, by a combined score of 6. I don't remember what the Dolphins score was. I try to keep that game as far away from my memory banks as possible. There's a lot of weird games today. A lot of really weird games. There were some a lot of really low-scoring games, a lot of really close games. Like we had the Bills Jets 20 to 17. We had the Chargers Falcons at 2017. And it stopped me if you hear this before. We had the Vikings Commanders at 20 to 17. And we had the Bucks Rams, two Super Bowl favorites from the NFC side of things, 16 to 13. We're seeing the three and five Rams. And speaking of teams with three wins, we saw the Packers lose to the Lions 15 to 9. Rodgers throwing three interceptions. Romeo Dobbs left the game injured, had a hurt ankle. Which is just perfect because he's on my fantasy team. I've had like seven people go on injured reserve this year, so I might as well just keep adding them on, add people onto that. Dan Campbell's like, I just need a beer after the game, and that's exactly how I was. Dan, cheers. But good, like, uh, those were the boring games today. Then we had some fun ones. We had some really fun ones today. We had the Jets, the Dolphins taking on the Bears, and I got brought this question up. So I was on Colin Company. On Friday. I was on Colin Company on Friday. And I brought up, I entered the show with talking about how 
maybe made some people upset about my Hennon Hooker, CJ, uh, Will Levis thing because we talked about draft stock and all that stuff. Cole asked me, so you can go listen on the podcast. We talked about it then. So it, it, the show is live, but he has the podcast on the website. You go check out the website, 1650thefan.com. Go to the podcast section on the website and click it on there. Cole asked me who I would rather have between CJ Stroud and Justin Fields in regards to drafting a quarterback. And I said Justin Fields. And the reason I said Justin Fields at the time, and that's Friday, and I we saw what Justin Fields said today, and again, it was before today, which is makes me feel even more validated by that fact. Justin Fields, compared to Stroud, Justin Fields moves better. Justin Fields has a stronger arm than CJ, arguably, arguably. And Justin Fields is bigger. Both 6'3", but Justin Fields is a lot thicker than C.J. Stroud is. I think there's more tools that you can build with C- with Justin Fields than there is with C.J. Stroud. And that's not me saying C.J. Stroud's bad or anything. I just like Justin Fields a lot. And Justin Fields has best game as a pro today. Best game. Bro, the NFL record for rushing yards by a quarterback in a game. Had 178 yards and a touchdown. Had four total touchdowns, no, no interceptions, no fumbles. 123 yards passing, but 178 rece- rushing yards. Justin Fields is turning the corner. He's doing it. And I am absolutely here for it. Love Justin Fields. I've said this a thousand times. One of my favorite games of college football history was that Clemson-Ohio State game where he broke his ribs and kept balling out. That's the type of person you want as a franchise player in the NFL. You're a bad team. You need players like that if you want to turn the shit around. And they didn't win. They didn't win. They lost 35-32. But good God, that is a game he needed. He had his best game a few weeks ago against the New England Patriots. And then had an even better game by a lot in this game. And the Dolphins' defense really this year is not what it used to be. I know they signed Bradley Chubb to a massive-ass contract after trading from him for Denver. But, man, Justin Fields played good. Justin Fields looked really good. And I feel validated by saying that I would take Justin Fields over C.J. Stroud in the draft. And we'll talk about C.J. Stroud and what happened with him on Saturday. But Justin Fields played great. Tua had a good game as well, 300 yards passing, three touchdowns. Uh, Tyreek Hill had 143 yards. Jalen Waddell had 85 yards. Both of them got touchdowns, unsurprisingly. They get touchdowns like every other every game. I, I almost said every other game. Every game. Those two get touchdowns every single game. And I know that because Jalen Waddell is on my fantasy team. I think he scored every game maybe apart from one. Great fantasy player. Great fantasy player. And Tua was on my bench, but I, I thought Kirk Cousins played a little better against the Washington Commanders defense. That sucks major ass. I didn't think he'd struggle that much. And he didn't struggle early. He was tipped to have more points at the start of the game. And then, uh, yeah, just decided, yeah, I don't really want to I don't really want to do that anymore. But Tua played well. He, I'm, I'm winning the game. I think I'm going to end up winning the game. But it did, so it didn't affect me that way. But if I, it was close and I had two on the bench, oh, that would have hurt a lot. But I also had Garrett Wilson on the bench. I was stuck between him and Romeo Dobbs to start this game. And, uh. Yeah, I, w- I thought Dobbs would have a really good game today. He was playing the Lions, another not really good secondary. I know that Corey Davis, I believe, is out for the season. Or he was out for this game, at least. I guess I shouldn't say out for the season. So I contemplated putting Garrett Wilson in. But I was like, ah, uh, they're playing the Lions. Lions secondary has been shaky at best this season. You got Aaron Rodgers. Little did I know, Aaron Rodgers was in a very giving mood today just to the other team. And uh, threw three interceptions, and Dobbs got, I think, two catches in the game before hurting his ankle. And Garrett Wilson ended up leading the Jets receiving a 90-something yards receiving. But, again, I'm poised to win the game. I've, I'm up by, like, 40 points right now. 
so I need to, I just need to hold on. <laughs> and I've got, I've, the person I'm playing has got one player left, and that's Justin Tucker, which I'd be scared about because Justin Tucker's really good if I wasn't up 111 to 79.7 with Alvin Kamara still left. And there was a video that resurfaced about Alvin Kamara and beating up the dude in Vegas again. That video is, I'm pretty sure I've seen the video before. At least I've seen the pictures of the dude after the encounter. So I don't think anybody's really surprised. Because people are like, oh, his season's done. His season's done. No, I don't think it is. But if, following the trend of my team this year, I wouldn't be surprised. We're going for a whole starting lineup of people that have been hurt or suspended for an entire year. That's what we're going for. We've had Mike Evans, who's now been put on my... Or Mike Evans. Mike, Michael Thomas been put on IR. We have Jamar Chase get the hip injury. We had Brees Hall going IR. Trey Lance going IR. Just a, a lot of really good stuff happening. Romeo Dobbs could go on IR. It's been a it's been a fun fun couple weeks for yours truly. But we're still we're we're rolling right now. We got a freaking wagon going right now, so we're feeling positive. We're feeling positive. Speaking of a wagon, we had a couple blowouts today as well. Uh, the Bengals torched the Panthers. Joe Mixon had I think the second most fancy points ever recorded. He had five touchdowns today, four rushing, one receiving. Absolute unit. For the Cincinnati Bengals today, Baker Mayfield saw action in this game, scored a cute couple late garbage time touchdowns. But yeah, 42-21, it was, it was a bad game. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I like watching the Bengals. I think the Bengals are a good team. They just faltered last week against the Browns. Had a really bad week against the Browns. But yeah, they played well this week. Played really, really well this week. Then we had the Patriots beat up on the Colts 26-3. I had the, I had the Patriots defense. I had the Patriots defense, so I was feeling good. And every time I see the Colts play now, I'm wait. I don't know. Will Will Jim Irsay wait till the end of the season to fire Frank Reich or Chris Ballard? Willie, because the more I watch them, the more and more it's like, why is this? This team stinks. I know they've had some close losses this year, but Jim Irsay is getting he he getting fed up. He getting really fed up. And if they lose the Raiders, the team that Josh McDaniels is now coaching, because remember, he was the coach of the Colts for a good, like, five minutes, and then left before they hired Frank Reich. And speaking of Josh McDaniels, good God, I am loving every second of this. The Raiders were up 17-0. Devontae Adams was cooking the Jaguars defenders. And then, uh, yeah, they lose 27-20 to to the Jaguars. I don't know what's going on with this team, but I love it. Don't really have an issue with a lot of the Raiders players, but I just, oh my God, the Hall of Fame stuff. Derek Carr, Hall of Famer. Derek Carr, I will give the dude credit. He plays hard, plays hard. But he ain't no Hall of Famer. He is not a Hall of Famer. That's key. I haven't heard that at all since the season started. I haven't heard that one second. Two and six. Yeah. Blowing, I think, three or four 17-point leads. Offense completely shutting down as the game goes on. Oh, it's hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Devontae, I'm still very good. Devontae, I, th- I was talking to my dad about this today. It's very rare, especially in today's sporting environment, where we have one guy that is unanimously the best at that position, and just nobody bats an eye at it. If you talk to people about wide receivers in the NFL – 99.99% of people out there will say Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the NFL. Like, it's it's crazy how unanimous it is because every single position you'll have different arguments for different players. I think that's the only position in the NFL that is clearly 
has a unanimous guy there. I think some people can make an argument for corner with Jalen Ramsey, but he has a lot of enemies out there in regards to the national public. So I could see a lot of people saying otherwise. Devontae Adams doesn't really do anything wrong. He pushed the dude over that I don't really care about. Doesn't really bother me that that happened. He barely, when I saw the video, it didn't look like he saw him. Dude ran right in front of him as he's walking to the tunnel. Should he have helped him up? Probably, but I don't care. Doesn't bother me. Other than that, what else has Devontae Adams done that's really like, oh man, I don't like this guy, apart from being really sick and a route running and just being a really overall really, really, really good receiver. And now we're seeing him in Taco Bell commercials and stuff like that. But yeah, he he is unanimously, should be unanimously anyways, the best wide receiver in the NFL. And there, I said this like as the season started. Remember when all the Madden ratings came out? I think this is, the, like, we are in the realm of the best wide receiver talent we've ever had in NFL history because we're having so many seven-on-seven tournaments, seven-on-sevens in practice. Like, receivers are getting to hone their craft in more often now than what they ever have throughout the history of the NFL, and it's really fun. Like, you could make a top-five list of receivers in the NFL, and barring some insane inclusions, you would have no one really bat an eye at it. You can include a lot of people in a top-10 or top-five receivers in the NFL. Again, there's some spots that are a little bit more controversial than others, but there's like 15 really, really good wide receivers in the NFL right now. But Devontae Adams, again, is clearly the best one still, even though he's on a different team. Just watch what he did today. He's just fun to watch. But the Raiders stink, and I thoroughly enjoy it. The Jaguars, I don't like the, I don't disdain, I don't hate the Jaguars as much as I used to. Because remember, we had the whole beef with the Jaguars and the Bills. The Bills played the Jaguars their first playoff game in 18 years, and then... Jalen Ramsey calls Josh Allen trash, and then Josh Allen beats Ramsey, and that's all that stuff. And they had Doug Marone, number one, one of the top five public enemies in Buffalo. So the Jaguars were not a very fun team. They gave us, they gave uh, Rob Johnson the Bills. So uh, that was another thing that was kind of a negative. So there was a lot of things that didn't really sit well with everybody in the Jaguars. But the Jaguars don't really bother me too much now. Too much. So I didn't, I like in my, my entire life, I've hated the Raiders more or disliked, I shouldn't say hate, disliked the Raiders more than I've disliked the Jaguars. But it is kind of funny to see the Raiders go two and six. Because I had the Raiders going nine and eight, I think. And I had some, que- I had some backlash on just saying they go nine and eight. I thought that was a very fair record prediction. They, out of all the teams in their division, they easily had the biggest holes in the roster. Stevens line's not very good. You got Max Crosby, you got Chandler Jones, but that's about it. Their O-line's not very good. Yeah, they got Devontae Adams. Derek Carr's fine. Josh Jacobs is playing out of this world this year, playing like the Josh Jacobs that everybody thought he would be when he got drafted. Not barely scratching 1,000 yards, Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs right now feels like he's easily going to break 1,000 yards. He's at 676 yards right now. He's fifth in the the nation, fifth in the league, fifth in the world in rushing yards. Yeah, 17-point lead blown to the Jaguars. It wasn't like it was to an amazing team. It was to the freaking Jaguars. Jaguar, Jacksonville. Good guy. And the final game here was the Seahawks Cardinals. Seahawks are 6-3. and three. Geno is balling out. Kenneth Walker, Walker balling out as per usual. Walking away with Rookie of the Year right now for the offensive side of things. And then for defense, Sauce Gardner. I mean, Tarek Woolen from Seattle, from U- the rookie from UTSA, the rookie corner, has a, a stake in that claim as well. But, yeah, it's it's going to be Ahmad Gardner, Sauce Gardner, 
as the rookie of the year for the defensive side of things. Dude's just playing really, really well. Really, really well. I'm not saying he played a, an amazing game today, but Josh, like the interception, Josh literally just handed to him. <laughs> so it's he would been it would been more sad if he didn't catch it than if he <laughs> more surprised if he did catch it than he did. Like it was soft toss to him. It wasn't a hard throw at all. And then of course we've got the uh, the Eagles. They beat the the Texans 29-17. Texans are now one six and one. Damian Pierce, another baller, rookie from Florida. And this is what we talked about before the season started. Damian Pierce did not have great numbers at Florida. He was not a big numbers guy. This is why we talk about it all the time. Don't just look at stats when you're talking about the NFL draft. Because we just talked about stats. You ain't drafting Damian Pierce if you're an NFL GM. Damian Pierce is balling out this year for a bad Texans team. Bad Texans team. He's balling out. Big traits guy. That's where you look. That's where you look. Can we develop this? As we talked about with the quarterback position, people are like, oh, look at these guys' stats compared to these guys' stats. You can't just look at stats when you're trying to draft players. you got to be able to look at a guy and go, can we build you into something better? George Kittle did not have great stats while at Iowa. He's one of the best tight ends in the NFL. Until Travis Kelsey, I think it was the same season, actually. George Kittle had the record for most receiving yards by a tight end in a season in NFL history. Travis Kelsey came around and broke it like right after. Same season. It was like the Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa of long gone summer. And they both broke the record for home runs in a season. Like Damian Pierce did not have a lot of great numbers at Iowa. Josh Allen, or at Florida. Josh Allen did not have great numbers at Wyoming. These guys are ballers. And like we said before, Josh Allen had a bad game today. He had a really, really bad game today. But he'll bounce back. I have no doubt he'll bounce back. I don't know what the line is. If the line's still nine and a half for this Vikings game. I would imagine it's the seven and a half. Yeah, I think that's a little bit more fair. But getting Tredavious White back, getting Matt Milano back, getting all their defensive players back, Jordan Poyer back will be massive. I am nervous that it's Trey White's first game back from injury is against Justin Jefferson. That does kind of startle me a little bit. Uh, but it's he's fine. He's one of the best corners in the league. I don't think he'll be scared of the task. Yeah, with how the Bills' rush defense has been playing recently, I I think that's the the area of concern. That the area that concerns me most is how the Bills' rush defense is doing. Bills' rush defense to this point in the season, part part uh, outside the last two weeks, was one of the best units in the NFL. We talked about how the Bills' D line was one of the strongest units of this defense, which is something you've never been able to say since Sean McDermott took over as a head coach. But now the rush defense is getting blitzed like freaking crazy. The Packers ran all over them. Aaron Jones had a crazy game against the Bills. Michael Carter broke off massive runs multiple times against the Bills today. Like the Bills rush defense against Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. Yeah, I'm a little nervous about that. But the Vikings do something better than anybody else in the entire league. Uh, Well, no, the Chargers are right there. Shoot themselves in the foot. Like, we've seen games against the freaking Bears where they allowed the Bears to come back in if they had the big big lead. They had to come back against the Lions. They had to come back today against the Commanders. So, it's going to be a tough game. I'm not naive to the fact that it's going to be a tough game. I know the Vikings are a good team. I think the Bills, I'm not as confident going into the rest of the season as I was, say, two weeks ago before the Packers game when the Bills were going into their bye week. About the Bills running the table, about, like, Oh, what games should the Bills win? What games will they lose? Like, I'm sitting here now, and I'm a little nervous for a lot of these games. Oh, can they win a division game this year? What happens if they go 0-6 in the division? 
Will they beat the Vikings? Will they beat the Browns? Will they somehow lose the Lions? Lions defense stinks, but their offense is somewhat good sometimes. That's scary. It's scary. <laughs> Managed to beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead, and I'm nervous about playing the Vikings in Buffalo. Like I'm, It's a nervous time. My confidence level went from 90 to about 60 like that. And I, I'm, I'm being overreactionary, of course, as all fans are. When you see a team lose, your team lose a game that they shouldn't be losing, you start going doom and gloom mode. And that's kind of the mode I've entered right now. And I'm not really thrilled about that, but that's the levels in which we were at. Ugh, we got the Chiefs-Titans right now. Uh, 0-0 last time I saw. It's 3-0 right now. Chiefs are up 3-0. We have Malik Willis starting this game. He's 1-for-3, had a massive throw to Chigakonkwo, the rookie from Maryland. Maryland or Virginia? I'm blanking. Maryland. Yeah, I was right. Big time gain. 48-yard pass to him. Yeah, I think it's a tough tough second start from Malik Willis, but I'm hoping to get this show done so I can watch him at least in the second half because, you know, if you listen to the show long enough, like, you can go back two years. We love Malik Willis. We love Malik Willis on the Logan Blackman show, even though he plays for the Titans. Even though he plays for the Titans. He's extremely raw, and that you saw that in tenfold last week against the Texans. You saw that tenfold, but he's got all the tools. I think he'll be fine once he gets more consistent playing time, especially when she goes back to home, because I think they were on the road against the Texans last week. I don't even think they were at home for that game. But going to Arrowhead on Sunday Night Football, very tough place to have your second career start. Very tough place, but I think he's up to the task. I don't think they'll win, but I think he'll be up to the task. Ugh, man. Now, moving over to the college thing, we talked about quarterbacks a little bit. We talked about C.J. Stroud, Justin Fields, and all that stuff. We'll get to Iowa here in a little bit, beating Purdue, which I'm... I'm not surprised because we said they would cover. We picked them to win slash cover in this game. But I it was more of the, the way they did it. It's more of the way they did it. But we'll get to them in a little bit because the game that was really the most surprising this week, though Iowa scoring pa- having passing touchdowns on the road or just having passing touchdowns in general is crazy enough. This was Iowa's first passing touchdown since the Maryland game last year. On the road. On the road. First passing touchdown since the Maryland game last year. That was in October. So a full calendar year later, Iowa's finally scored an offensive touchdown. But the game that was surprising, for all the wrong reasons, was Ohio State versus Northwestern. What the hell was that game? What was that? It was 7-7 to at halftime. And I've, we've talked about this a thousand times in this show. Every single Friday, I feel like this is how we start the show off. When we talk about Ohio State, we talk about C.J. Stroud. Ohio State has a real big knack of starting extremely slow. Extremely slow. I don't know what it is, but they just always seem to let the opponent get the upper hand. They're like, okay, now we're going to blow you out of the water. They've done that in all their recent games. That against Rutgers, they fumbled in the first punt return of the game. Blew them out. Against Michigan State, threw a pick six. Second drive of the game. Ended up blowing them out. Against Iowa, strip sack fumble return for a touchdown. Ended up blowing them out by 44 points. Last week against Penn State, that one took a little bit longer, but they ended up winning by 14 points, or 13 points, 13. 44 to 31, 44 30. Well, what was the final score of that game? Was it 44 30? 44 31 was the final of that game. So this game, they're starting off slow. I'm like, yeah, they'll be fine. Especially since it's Northwestern. Like, I would, you can listen to this on Cole and Company as well. Cole picked this game. I picked Ohio State covering this game. Like, Cole said, oh, yeah, Ohio State's got this one. And I was like, yeah, 
I, I, I would even set the line at 70. I thought there was no chance in hell that Ohio State was losing this game or even have it anywhere close. You remember a few years ago when we saw Michigan blast Rutgers like 77-7 at Rutgers at night? That's what I was kind of expecting in this game. It's kind of what I was expecting here. Ohio State, with how bad Northwestern's defense has been this year, I was not really expecting Ohio State to struggle in this game at all. At all. They won by 14 points. They scored 21 total points in this game. 21. For Ohio State? against Northwestern. What the hell was that? I no disrespect to Northwestern because I, and you'd be you'd be shocked to say hear me say that because I don't like Northwestern. Northwestern's been a thorn in Iowa's side ever since I was born. But no one was expecting this to happen. I don't even think the most diehard Northwestern fan would have seen this happening. Like this surprises me almost more. Like if Iowa did this. Like, this is what I think a lot of Iowa fans, like, if we're talking about the die, die, die hard Iowa fans, this is what they were expecting the Iowa-Ohio State game to be. Iowa-Ohio State blew them out of the water. Iowa blew Northwestern out of the water last week. And now we're sitting here with Ohio State winning by 14 against a team that Iowa beat, what was the score of the Iowa-Northwest? 30 by 20 points. That's big for Iowa. Even 20 points would have been upsetting for Ohio State against Northwestern. They were, again, 38-point favorites in this game. 38. Might have been 38 and a half. I don't remember. It was 38, 38 and a half. Can we check that? What was the line? Okay, 37 and a half. My bad, Northwestern. I'm sorry. Even then, 37 and a half. Ohio State should not have any issues in this game. What, What was that? We saw C.J. Stroud run a few times. Got 79 yards rushing in the game, which is big for him. Don't expect that long term. But he had some decent rushes throughout the game. But passing the ball, he sucked. He had 76 yards passing. He had more rushing yards than passing yards. You want to tell me how? Show, want me to tell you how bad this game was for Ohio State? Northwestern had two, 206 yards rushing on 59 carries. Evan Hull had 30 carries for 122 yards. Brennan Sullivan, the quarterback, had 12 carries for 55 yards. Like, what was this game? I think everybody and their mom was expecting Ohio State to start slow, or if they did start slow, that it would not matter throughout the rest of the game. Ohio State scored seven points in three quarters. Like, they scored seven in the second, seven in the third, seven in the fourth. I expected this type of game from Iowa, and Iowa managed to score 33 on Northwestern. Ohio State should have had no issue scoring 33 on Northwestern within the first 33 seconds of the game let alone win by 14 points. Weird. Weird, weird, weird-ass game. Very weird-ass game. Against Northwestern. It's not It's not a scary team. It's North freaking Western. A bad Northwestern team. I know Pat Fitzgerald's done a really good job at Northwestern. They've been to a Big Ten championship game before. But God damn, what was that? <laughs> The same could be said for the other Big Ten team, Michigan, but they ended up blowing Rutgers out of the water 52-17. That's what I was expecting Ohio State to do. Rutgers was up 17-14 at halftime. Michigan scored 28 points in the third and 10 more in the fourth to win 52-17. They struggled a little bit. They struggled a little bit in that game, but came back to win. I was expecting Ohio State to do that. And I do that. They did not do that. 
<laughs> we saw Notre Dame blow out Clemson, which is not surprising. We Clemson being in the top four is all namesake. It's not even really what they what they've done. They're not very good. We said that a few weeks ago when we made our top five, our top six teams in college football. Clemson's not very good. DJU's not very good. They're not very good in general. So it was, it was a weird game. Weird game, that one, too. I'm surprised it was Notre Dame that blasted them like that, but did we pick Notre Dame to cover that game at least? Win or cover? I feel like we did. I might not have, but I'm not, I don't really remember. This isn't it. That's from October 18th. Where is my picks from last week? My camera roll is messed up on my computer anyways. I want to remember if we picked that game. Because I said it was DJ. That was DJU's first start was against Notre Dame. I don't have the picks anymore. I Let's just say I did. Because <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember. Oh, goodness. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm in a I'm in a fantasy hockey league right now. <laughs> this is the I'm in a fan so I'm in a fantasy hockey league right now. There's some serious collusion going on right now. Liberty, we've talked about before. She has a podcast called uh, uh Let's Dish with Miranda. And then Alec has got a podcast called Dip Lips. They're due to be married. Due to be married. Liberty is in the fantasy hockey league with us. And there was a trade that was proposed today that was ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Nikita Kucherov. What is this trade? What This is getting worse. What is going on? There's no veto this shit. Who the hell? Why? Liberty, stop. I don't. This is not. There's no way this is real. Nikita Kucherov is who Alex getting. Nikita Kucherov, you know, the guy who wins, you know, MVPs and stuff like that. Won Stanley Cups, stuff like that. One of the best players in the entire league. Trading for Drake Batherson? Drake Bath, who has 21 points this season. Nikita Kucherov has <laughs> almost 40. These are ridiculous. I got to send something back in the chat. Liberty's. <laughs> I would say these trades are ass. This is. <laughs> Pure collusion. Al can't be getting Nikita Kucherov for nothing. A top five player for nothing. God. <laughs> collusion. That's what this is. Liberty said that she's making this trade. I don't care if she's offering it, Alec. Liberty, I don't care if you're offering it. You're not trading. I'm not allowing this. I'm not allowing this. It's a collusion at its finest. Absolute collusion. Getting Nikita Kucherov for absolutely nothing. That trade was worse than the one she offered earlier. <laughs> the dude she was offering is the 51st rated player in fantasy hockey this year. She offered the 19th rated player earlier for the forwards. Good God. We cannot allow this as a league. We cannot allow this trade to happen. Getting a top five player for absolutely nothing. And you're not even getting draft picks out of it. You're not tanking. 
Like, Alec has, I beat Alec last week, or two weeks ago. I beat his dad last week. I'm in a division with these two, and he's getting Nikita Kucherov for jack shit. For basically a handshake. For basically a pack of saltine crackers. For basically, I don't know. Uh, like, oh yeah, there you go. Just have him. I don't even want Nikita Kucherov. I don't even want him. This is bullshit. <laughs> and then you know what else is bullshit? I, I don't even know why we're on, I, I, on the topic of this because I was getting blown up on my phone with the fantasy hockey group chat and stuff. While we're on the topic of this, Manny to Chuck, you know, I got him and Brady, who've been balling out this year. Maddie and Brady have been two of the best forwards in the league. Maddie just got traded to the Florida Panthers this offseason. Maddie gets suspended for a high stick or a slash. I don't remember what exactly it was on Jonathan Quick. They announced it today. I'm in a tight game with Brady right now. I the game I was winning by three points before today started. And I had Maddie Tuchuk and Trevor Zegers playing tonight. So I had two players in. He had about five or six. I don't remember. But this is... I was like, oh man, okay. Matty Tuchuk's been one of the best players in the league this year. Obviously one of the best players in this league. But why are we going to suspend him today? Why can't we suspend his ass tomorrow? I can deal with it at the start of the week. Not today. Today's not when it happens. You can't suspend him today. I need a game. I have a game to win. (laughs) I'm sure Jonathan Quick understands. Jonathan Quick's needed important players to win Stanley Cups in the past. Granted, this is just a regular season game against Brady, but it's bragging rights. I can't go two and two. I didn't check my lineup week one. That was on my that was on my part. Won the next two games, playing Brady. I need Zegers to absolutely go out. He's playing the Panthers today. So we got the Panthers playing the Ducks. Zegers on the Ducks. Tuchuk's on the Panthers. Brady's got Bobrovsky playing in net tonight. He's playing the Ducks again. I need Zegers to go off for three and four on Bobrovsky because my goalies have been playing like absolute shite recently. Sorunkin, Darcy, what are you guys doing? What was last night? You played the whopping, like, let's see, you don't know who the who the Islanders and the Colorado Avalanche played, or the Washington Capitals played? Darcy was the, the goaltender for the, the the Colorado Avalanche when they won the Stanley Cup. Now he's in Washington. You played the, the Coyotes and the, the freaking Red Wings. And combined, you two allow six goals. Negative points. Negative 1.8 points. Negative 1.4 points. Linus Olmark was on my bench. He was playing the, the Maple Leafs. You know who have one of the best you know forward lines in the NHL? And he allows two goals, but makes more saves. So uh, he got my 1.2 points. Ridiculous. You're playing the Red Wings and the Coyotes. Figure it out. Figure it out. Ugh, drink it deep. Think it easy, Eddie. Uh, and I'm going to lose to Brady because Chuck couldn't wait one more game to get a slashing penalty. So I just had to deal with it tomorrow. And now I got to deal with it today. And Chuck spent it for two games, which would affect, will, will affect me a couple games. What affects me on what game? Tuesday. Or wait, not, is it Tuesday? No, they don't play Tuesday. When's his next game? Wednesday? Wednesday. So they play Carolina on, two, on Wednesday. So I'll get, I'll lose them today and Wednesday. Like it could, I could deal with it. On, uh, when's the next day? So Wednesday and Saturday. I could deal with that. He's playing Edmonton and Carolina. Two top teams. Panthers are fine. No real issue with the Panthers. But I like his chances against Bobrovsky. And suspended. Bullshit. 
I think Brady's got something to do with that. Alec and Liberty, pure collusion at its finest. The, the only two in a relationship in this league. It's insane. I'm dealing with like 18 Winchesters, and they're offering Nikita Kucherov for nobodies. It hurts inside. Because I'm, you know what? I'm going to offer something. Might as well. Ridiculous ass trades. Let's do it. Let's, let's make a trade. Let's make a trade. All right, Liberty. I will give you. Okay, so we'll go. Where is he at? Nikita Kucherov. Oh, I can't trade for him. Oh, because he's making, getting traded. Um, You know what? We will trade. Jeez, I, I just want Kucherov. If she's giving away for nothing, I can give. I give some nothing. <laughs> no, you know what? We'll get Shosturkin. The Igor Shosturkin from the the New York Rangers. We will give her... Uh, you know what? I'll just ask her to drop Kucherov and then give me Kucherov as, and I'll get a handshake or something. I'll give her a handshake. That'll be, that'll be my trade there. That's pretty much all we're getting with this. They live together. There's collusion going left, right, and center going on right now. I'm not going to stand for it. That's why I'm sitting right now. I can't stand it. This is ridiculous. Uh, the trade's going to go through, as I'm, I'm expecting anyways. Recent activity. Let's see if this trade... Everybody's got to... That has to be... That has to be vetoed. There is absolutely no way that has... <laughs> your team has previously vetoed this trade. Vote to veto this trade. Yeah, everybody should veto this trade. I'm even going to say that's a worse trade than he offered earlier. One, that's a worse trade than the one before. Insanity. Insanity. I'll never accept one of these trades. It was said the, the, what do you call it? Sticker? Is it? No, not stickers. What is it called? Clothes. I'll send, so I got that, uh, that thing on my keyboard, that quick thing on my keyboard. Never allow it. Never allow it. You know what? Never. If that happens, if that if that happens, I know Alex Nate. <laughs> Gotta stay cool. Gotta stay cool. This league's under protest if this happens. Nate ba Drake Batherson for Nikita Kucherov. I'm gonna lose my shit. <laughs> he has double the amount of points. He's Triple the player. <laughs> it's not a one-for-one one trade. One-for-one. One. Oh, man. I hope He's not going to. Neither one of them are going to listen to this. Both, I need both of them to listen to this. <laughs> this is outrageous. Absolutely outrageous. 
Do I actually care? No. But it's kind of, it's, this is, this is principle we've got going on here. Will the world end if this trade goes through? Probably not, but we don't know. This trade, no, no trade's never been like this before. One that one-sided. To a team that's currently 2-1 and one in the standings. Alex team does it stink? <laughs> Alex team's above mine in the standings. This is out of order. Absolutely out of order. You know what? I am I am getting sick and tired of these political ads. I the vote everything gets done Tuesday. I cannot wait. <laughs> I'm getting sick and tired of getting bombarded with text messages about all of this. Uh, my whole world's falling apart right now. The oper- the chance of a Kucherov going for absolutely for Drake Batherson. The Bills losing. Oh my god, this game this day stinks. No, it doesn't. But but let's go to the the Hawkeye game. Hawkeye game completely was an insane one. So Friday, I did the the Cedar Falls Tigers game. Cedar Falls lost in the quarterfinals to the Valley Tigers. Sadly, sadly. And then uh, so the semi the semifinals for high school football are, are Dowling, Southeast Polk, Valley, and Johnston. First time Johnson's ever made the state semifinals. First time ever in a dome. So you know what? Congratulations. Not first time in the dome. First time in the dome for the playoffs, I guess. Good stuff. So I got, and then my friend Christian, he had a concert at Octopus, which is a, a bar. Um, I don't. It's, I think it's a. Is it? Would you classify it as a music bar? I'm not sure, but it's a bar in Cedar Falls where live music gets played. I don't know if that's what it's specifically known for, but I went there right after the game. Saw Christian play a few songs. We hung out in Cedar Falls for a little bit after. So I got back to Des Moines or to Grimes at about two o'clock. Checked some stuff for work as well. Went to bed at two o'clock. Woke up the next morning at eleven thirty-four. So I missed the first half hour, however many minutes that was in the game of the Iowa game, which I wasn't too upset about. I think at the time it was 0-0. I don't really remember the score of that game at the time. So I didn't see a whole lot of the Iowa game, mostly because I woke up, hopped in the shower, saw what the score was, hopped in the shower, turned it on, and then went to go get lunch because Iowa started running away with it a little bit. But Caleb Johnson, good luck. So before the season started, Gavin Williams was – Fairly consider, considered to be the number one running back for the Iowa Hawkeyes. It's about some injuries this year. Caleb Johnson is the number one back for the Hawkeyes, especially after Saturday. You could even, you would have said that before, too. But Saturday, 22 carries, 200 yards and a touchdown, average 9.1 yards a carry. 9.1 yards a carry. That is insane. Impressive. Like, Purdue's defense is not anything amazing, and... Aiden O'Connell's prone to the odd turnover every once in a while. Aiden O'Connell had two interceptions this game. Like, Aiden O'Connell, I like Aiden O'Connell. We have him ranked in the honorable mention section of our draft rankings, but he is prone to the odd interception. They're very weird interceptions, too. Very weird interceptions. He did not play well. Purdue was rocking some ugly-ass uniforms on Saturday. So it just made sense to have the whole thing a wash for Purdue. I would beat them down. Peters played a good game. Two touchdowns in the game, 192 yards. But Caleb Johnson getting the ball rolling in the run game really helped the Hawkeye offense out, which was big. But I'm I'm sorry, (laughs) Spencer, you can't be having – no offense to anyone in here. You guys had had us dead two weeks ago, as did the whole outside world, it felt like. But that's not what football is. It's a week-to-week – it's week-to-week game. You keep working, and if you do things right, work hard, good results will happen. Yeah, that's fine, all fine and dandy if you didn't just beat Northwestern and Purdue. Like, you played well. Against two not very good defenses. 
So I'm not sitting here and saying that you don't deserve the plods for these two victories. You won by double digits both games. No one even expects you to score any touchdowns after the after the South Dakota State game. No one's like, okay, this team even score? And we'll talk about South Dakota State in a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, good game for Iowa. But don't turn around and go like, man, you guys doubt us. You beat Purdue and Northwestern, okay? Like, Purdue's not very good. Purdue has some solid players. But they can never seem to hook them all together. You watch the game against Syracuse, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Just choke the game away. They're fine, decent players, but I know they've beaten Iowa the past few times, but come on. You were catching Purdue at a good time. They just got blown out the week before, two weeks ago. I can't remember if they had a bye week last week or not. I think they did have a bye week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're coming off with good momentum against a really bad Northwestern team. I'll give you your, pre- your credit, but don't start acting like you've won something with winning these two games. Let's stop that here. Especially since you first you threw your first road touchdown pass since last year in October. So let's let's stop. Let's pump the brakes on Iowa. Is oh Iowa's back? Because remember two weeks ago they got ass blasted by forty four points against Ohio State. Let's re- let's not remember that. Let's re- try to remember that. Okay. I'm all good about, hey, yeah, Iowa's played well these past two weeks. Peters played well these past two weeks. Caleb Johnson had a really, really good game. The defense played well as well. Charlie Jones had 100 yards receiving, but Jack Campbell refused to help him up. Cooper DeGene came over to help him up. Jack Campbell said, get out of here. We're not helping this loser up. Traitor. Yeah, good win for Iowa. Good win for Iowa. Bounce back, getting blown out 44-10. to 54. They lost by 44. 54-10. to Against Ohio State, bounce back two good wins. You go into next week, you were taking on Wisconsin, and Wisconsin has some solid piece. They have Braylon Allen, really good running back. Graham Merch is playing better. They've won their past two games against Purdue and Maryland. They were off a bye week last week. They played Maryland this week, beat them by 13 points. They've won three of their past five games, three of their past four games, lost to Michigan State in double overtime, which is not a great look. Not a great look. Michigan State kind of sucks ass, but. Yeah, it's a winnable game being at home. It's a 2.30 kickoff, which is a really nice time for a kickoff. I like that kickoff time. And yeah, I think Iowa can win. Will they? I have no idea. Iowa scores 17 points a game now, which is a far cry from what they were a few weeks ago, which is awesome. They average 17 points a game, give up 14. That's really good. Really good. <sighs> yeah, but let's not, let's not crown them yet. If you want to crown them, then crown their ass. Like uh, Dennis, who was that? Is it Dennis Green that said that after the Cardinals lost to the Bears? They are the Bears are who we thought they were. We let them off the hook. That game, you want to crown them, crown their ass. But yeah, the the Iowa good win, good win for Iowa. But we talk about South Dakota State. You and I played South Dakota State. Number one ranked team in the FCS level, South Dakota State, taking on the U and I Panthers. Oh, man, you and I should have won this game. I picked them to win this game when I was on Colin Company. And uh, barring a leaping call at the end of the game, they did. They tied. They were going overtime. But Theo Day threw a couple interceptions in this game. Both were high throws. Not great. But they had chances. They had chances. Van Shane had a good game, 62 yards rushing. Sam Schnee had 69 yards receiving. Yeah, this is a tough game for you and I. You and I's offense has played really well this year. Theo Day has been the Missouri, arguably been the Missouri Valley's best player this offseason in regards to the offensive side of the ball. He is playing at one of the most impressive clips a UNI quarterback has played since Eric Sanders back in the mid-2000s. So he's playing very, very well. The offense is playing as impressive as it has been since the Eric Sanders days. It's just unfortunate they couldn't come away with a win. 
rightfully it was competitive, as everybody should have expected this game, because you and I rarely goes down just like easily. Especially against South Dakota State. You and I play South Dakota State very, very tough every single time they play. And look at the past couple of years. Play them extremely. They beat them the past however many years in a row. At least once, because they've met them in the playoffs two years ago. Lost them in the regular season, then beat them in the playoffs. Lost first game of the season, beat them in the playoffs. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's a, I'm struggling over here, sorry. Sorry, I'm struggling. But, uh, yeah, tough loss. Tough loss. And as for Iowa State against West Virginia this past week, in a game that they, they normally don't struggle with too often, it's West Virginia, Iowa State. I mean, they apart from that one game that had a lot of things go not so well for them, I I need to probably set this thing down, but I keep playing with it. It's that screw thing I always talk about. But, yeah, they won easily, 31-14. to 14. Didn't start off as smoothly as what everybody originally thought. But Iowa State scored 21 points in the fourth quarter, ended up winning 31 to 14. JT Daniels did not have a very good game in this week. He had went eight for 22 with 81 yards in the game. <laughs> Hunter Deckers played well. He played better than what he did last week. Played way better than what he did last week. Got two touchdowns in the game. One, of course, going to Xavier Hutchinson. The other one going to Sean Hanica. But yeah, good win for Iowa State. All three big three Iowa schools came away with dubs this week. Which is nice. It's very, very nice to see. Very nice. We love to see our big Iowa schools get dubs. Now, on to some more losses. We had some very fun games on Saturday. We had some very, very fun games on Saturday. Starting off with Tennessee versus Georgia. I picked Tennessee to cover. I've said Tennessee is a top two team in college football for the past however many weeks. They ranked first. And Georgia proved that they're still the top dog in college football. Proved they're still the top dog in college football. 27-13 victory. Tennessee... Did not play their greatest game. Georgia's defense is still very, very good. Tennessee just looked a little bit overmatched in this game. Stetson Bennett had a good game. He did a cell phone celebration because I guess some Tennessee fans leaked Stetson Bennett's phone number, so they were calling him all night. Managed to get a rushing touchdown, a two passing touchdowns. One really, really nice passing touchdown to, I believe, uh, Marcus Rosemary, Jack Saint. Beautiful one, beautiful catch in the back of the end zone. Got both feet down, went a bit catching the NFL level as well. Just a very good game from Georgia. They're still the top dogs in college football. And this is what the top dogs usually do when people start counting them out to a certain extent, like I did. Like I was like, hey, I'm not counting them out. I still thought they would make the playoff. But this was a game where you play a good Tennessee team with a guy that's the favorite for the Heisman Trophy at this point, Hennon Hooker, and you hold them to no touchdowns and you make him throw an interception. That's what you're looking for. What are you looking for? It's only a second interception on the season. But he did not have the greatest game. Tennessee's offense really couldn't get anything going because Georgia's defense is that good. And Georgia just had a very good game. Kelly Ringo had an amazing interception. That interception that he threw, Kelly Ringo was matched up against Cedric Tillman quite a bit in this game. And Kelly Ringo is one of the top two corners in next year's draft class, Joey Porter Jr. from Penn State. And he matched Cedric Tillman stride for stride and almost ran the route better than Cedric Tillman did. Like, Kelly Ringo is a baller. Absolute baller. Caught it beautifully in the corner of the end zone. Tennessee, again, had chances, but just couldn't really get anything sustained and ended up losing 27-13. And then Alabama, this ruled out my theory from last week. Remember we talked about Alabama, like hypothetical situation. Tennessee loses to Georgia. Georgia loses to Alabama in the SEC championship game. Alabama runs the table. We would There was a chance that we were going to have f- three SEC schools in the college football playoff. There was a decent chance that that could have happened because of the fact 
the SEC runs college football. And when you have a team, you have three teams in the SEC that have one loss in Alabama, Georgia, and Tennessee. That's you're gonna. They might as well just consider. It doesn't matter what else happens in college football. You're not gonna find it. Like let's say Tennessee TCU runs the table. Are you gonna sit there and tell me that TCU is better than whoever's outside the top four at the time? Al, like Georgia or Tennessee, whoever, Alabama, whoever. But Alabama losing on Saturday night to LSU, that ended that. That ended that. Like that, it's done. Like Alabama's not making the playoff anymore. They lost to Tennessee by one point. They lost that close game to Tennessee or LSU. They lost to LSU by one point. Lost to Tennessee a few weeks ago. And yeah, this is a type of game where Bryce Young tries everything in his power to just will Alabama to a victory. And it's just, it's just not enough. It's just not enough. And Alabama came up short. And Jane Daniels had a very, very good game. Probably the best game of his college career in the biggest stage of his college career. Two passing touchdowns, rushing touchdown. Damn near at 100 yards rushing, 182 yards passing. Uh, he had a great game. Kayshawn Booty had 51 yards receiving. Mason Taylor got the game-winning touchdown in the game, scoring the two-point conversion as well. It was a – or not game-winning touchdown. That was Jaden Daniels. He scored the game-winning two-point conversion play. But, yeah, Bryce Young is trying everything in his power to just will this team to win, and it's just not enough. Alabama's receiver just not very good uh, compared to what they've had in the past. Jameer Gibbs is playing well, but – yeah, Bryce Young needs some sort of help. I mean, he didn't have the best stat line, but dude's trying. Dude's trying everything in his power. I still think he's the best. I think after this game where you see him trying to make plays, like if this dude was 6'2", actually 6'2", not listed at 6'2", we'd be talking about a generational talent up there with the likes of Elway, Luck, Lawrence, like that, Manning, like that stuff. We'd be talking about him like that. But since he's sub six foot, probably, I know he's listed at six foot, he will get bashed a little bit more because he's so small. And he's not even like, he doesn't have the weight to him like some of the other smaller quarterbacks in the NFL do. So you've got that on the lower side of him as well, which will may, might hurt him, might not. But this dude's got Patrick Mahomes' skill level and just a small body. If he, this dude was bigger, like we, there'd be no question about who the number one quarterback in this draft class is. No question. And I think Saturday proved that. Even though it was, he had 25 for 51 passing, I don't care. The dude is trying everything. He's willing Alabama into these games and just came up short. Just came up short. And LSU, great win. Absolutely great win. Great call, great call by Brian Kelly to go for it on the two-point conversion. And I love that they did that. Love that they did it. When you go into a game, you're a double-digit underdog. You're not expected to win. What do you have to lose? What do you have to lose? You and I had that same issue going to the Iowa State game a few years ago where they refused to go for a two, and over time, ended up losing the game. Mark Farley talked about it after the game. Was if he could do it over, he'd probably go for it. Because it's one of those situations when you're not expected to win, you have nothing to lose. You literally have nothing to lose. No one's expecting you to win. I mean, I picked LSU to cover. We picked LSU to cover, but I don't really think they were going to lose or win the game. But Alabama, that ruled out my theory about three SEC schools being in. Alabama losing this game has ruled that out. I still think we might see two with Georgia and Tennessee because you look at the rest of Tennessee's schedule. Tennessee has got Missouri, South Carolina, and Vanderbilt. And you look at their rock, their record, or the record, their resume at this point. One, two, three, four, five, six of their wins have, or six of their games, five of their wins have been against top 25 teams at the time they played them. And they lost to Georgia, sure. But if Tennessee goes the rest of the season, we'll finish 11 and 1. They're making the playoff. It doesn't matter. 
which they should. If they somehow lose one of those remaining games, that's ridiculous. So I think we got Georgia and Tennessee guaranteed. I have a little bit more questions around Ohio State-Michigan than what I did last week because I really wasn't expecting Ohio State to struggle. I think Ohio State winning by only 14 points against Northwestern has really thrown my brain in a scramble because I was not expecting that at all. 21-7 was I was expecting the score at the end of the first quarter, let alone be the end of the game. So I've got a little more questions after that one. I don't know. TCU is going to run the table probably. Who they got the rest of the season? Uh, Texas could be – okay, they got – the Big 12 all plays each other, so he's got Texas, Baylor, and Iowa State. Those are tough games for TCU. They did win this game by double digits. They beat Texas Tech by 10 points. Oregon, they won 49-10. to They're playing really, really well right now. Bo Nix is playing really well. You had USC struggling a little bit against Cal, which I think we said could happen because USC's been kind of struggling against these lower teams, the teams that they shouldn't be struggling with. I think, but I can't find my, I can't find my prediction. So you're going to have to take my word on it. <laughs> it looks like you're going to have to take my word on it. Or you can just go back to Friday's show. I don't remember what we said for that game. I feel like we did, but struggled a little bit in that one. Travis Dye, tra- he had a good game, 98 yards rushing in the game. He's at 858 yards rushing on the season with nine touchdowns on the transfer from Oregon. Then we had UCLA take down Arizona State, 50-36. to A little bit closer than what I was probably expecting in that game, but still a 14-point dub for UCLA. Dorian Tops Robinson hurdled a player in the game, which is pretty impressive. We had Texas beat Kansas State 34-27. to Didn't have that one. I know I didn't have that one because I picked that one strictly on principle of Texas being ranked in the top 25 after they lost. The last game they played, they lost. And now they're ranked in the top 25. But they won, so fair enough. Utah, Arizona. Arizona. I don't remember what the line was, but we picked Arizona to cover because Arizona's offense has played well. Jane LaDulura can keep their team in it. They're, we're going to lose. That was never a question. I feel like they were like a 20-something point underdog or something. They ended up losing by 25. I don't remember what the exact line was, but we thought they'd cover. Penn State beat Indiana 45-14. Michigan State upset Illinois 23-15. I'd always said, uh, did I say something about Michigan State getting ass blast earlier? I meant they played really well this week. <laughs> I feel like I said something about that. I could be wrong. North Carolina struggled a little bit against Virginia. 31-28. Drake May, two touchdowns, 293 yards passing. Josh Downs, 166 yards touchdown. And it's 166 yards and a touchdown. Kansas beat Oklahoma State 37-16. Then we had Tulane beat Tulsa 27-13. Pitt beat Syracuse 19-9. Syracuse, I believe, has now lost three straight. Is that true? Yes, they have. Clemson, Notre Dame, and Pitt. Not great. Not great. But then we had Wake Forest and NC State. NC State beat Wake Forest 30-21. And then UCF beat Memphis 35-28. Huh. Fun stuff. Absolutely fun stuff. Gotta love it. Gotta love football. This is the best time of the year. Absolutely best time of the year. Did I have anything else I really wanted to press on today? Is there anything else that I wanted to press on? Um, I was thinking about, so this is my dilemma here, of when I was going to release my final, final, final World Cup squad prediction. Because the squad is getting announced on Wednesday at 4. Or no. Yeah, wait. Per ESPN, the announcement of the U.S. Men's National Team World Cup roster Wednesday will start at 5 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN2 and ESPN Plus and finish by 5.30, followed by 30 minutes of interviews and analysis. Host Kay Murray, analyst Taylor Twelman, and Jermaine Jones. So my my problem was I was confused on if I wanted to release it today or wait till Wednesday or the day it actually got released. I think we'll just wait till Wednesday. I, I was kind of hoping to do it today so I didn't get any leaks or anything, but I've got a rough guesstimate right now. I'm just like... Players like Chris Richards might be out of the tournament due to injury. Jay, Luca De La Torre, another one being injured. Like, there's players that are battling some injuries right now that I'm kind of wanting to wait for. But I've got my roster set. 
right now. I've made some changes to the one that I made uh, back in October when we were. I think it was October twenty first when we dropped that, or was it on November first? Either way, there are some changes. Made some striker changes. Made some center back changes. I say some uh striker change, uh center back change, and uh center mid change. Just a possibility depending on if he's injured or not, and ah uh, goalkeeping change. But it's nothing insane. The squad's relatively the same. I've just had some stuff that I've seen on Twitter recently and just stuff circulating around the squad where I've gone, okay, I think this is probably... Because I'm trying to get it as accurate as possible. So we'll have our final squad prediction come out on Wednesday. Oh, the Titans are up 14-9 on the Chiefs. Jeez! Derrick Henry, two rushing touchdowns in the game. Malik Willis, 82 yards passing. Love to see it. Love to see Malik Willis balling out like that. And let's see I, Let's see if the fantasy chat has said anything. Do you think the fantasy chat has said anything? I love that it's happening now. I love that this is happening now because these trades are ridiculous and I will not stand for it. I'll not stand for it. What's getting said now? Trust me, I'm not the Astros. Nothing personal. This isn't a fair trade. Or we upset the 0 and 3. Or are you upset? Who's 0 and 3? I'm not 0 and 3. His dad's 0 and 3. This trade stink. <laughs> This trade's reek. This trade's tank. I make sure I spell reek right. Reeks with two e's, right? <laughs> I just, this is. I thought this was a. I thought this was a league of character. I thought there was more character. No, I'm not gonna say that, but <laughs> these trades stink. There's no way these trades are gonna. There's no way these trades can happen. Absolutely no way. Kucherov for Drake Batherson. Good guy. If that trade goes through, I'll lose my shit. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, th- oh, I saw this graphic as well. This, uh, back to college football. This is why I think it's funny. Iowa's coming out and saying stuff like, oh, you guys wrote us off. Now we're dominating college football again. They CBS Sports put Iowa's passing numbers with Army at Ohio State, just to show how bad Ohio State was playing on Saturday against Northwestern. They put Iowa, with an, just comparing how bad Ohio State was to Iowa, in a triple option school. So Iowa, let's calm down on you guys being, let's, let's, let's calm down a little bit. Let's calm down a little bit. All right, so with that being said, I think that's all I've got for you. We'll do the World Cup squad on Wednesday, and I will try, I want to do like a, uh, a live reaction to it, to the squad announcements. We might record something then, have a shorter show for Friday. So we'll have some pre-recorded stuff for that. But, uh, yeah, I think that's all I've got for you today. Hope you enjoyed the show. If not, I apologize as always. I'll try to be better next time if you did not like it. But if you did, just make sure you leave a five-star rating on the show. And make sure you follow the Logan Blattman Show on every single form of social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and, of course, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Make sure you follow, subscribe, whatever. Leave a rating on five stars. Leave a description down below on why you feel the way you do. Do we have another comment that we do? What is getting said here now? How am I supposed to trade if everything is... Dude, you're trade. You're, tra- <laughs> you're trading nobody's for one of, the- one of the best... One of... Of course it's going to get vetoed. Of course. 
trading nobodies for one of the best players in the league. That's one for one, too. One for one. <laughs> one for one to make it worse. Okay, that's all I've got for you today. Hope you enjoyed the show. If not, I apologize. We'll see you guys next time, and peace.